The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. (laughs) Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Hour two of this Wednesday PFT Live, and the deal was done yesterday. I'd say Bengals fans were getting a little bit nervous about what was going on with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, first overall pick in the draft, but they got it done. There was never any indication of any acrimony or whatever. Burrow signs, and it makes sense for him to sign. Look, there was a thought that maybe you sit out the whole year, re-enter the draft. It doesn't make sense because the salary cap's going to go down next year. You're not going to get a better deal than the one that's on the table right now. You get the bulk of your money in signing bonus, Chris. So Joe Burrow, officially a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's in the fold along with A.J. Green. Joe Mixon showed up. This Bengals team has very low expectations for 2020. They keep their guys healthy. They keep their guys away from the virus. And this is a team that could be very interesting. I know it's a tough division to compete in, but – uh, if they just it, it, the key is more than the virus, yeah. just keeping guys healthy, yeah. having a healthy group of receivers on the field, something that they rarely rarely are able to do. But I'm excited about what Joe Burrow can do based on what we saw him do last year for LSU. I am too. Uh, you know, again, you know, this is another quarter. We talked about Tua last hour, right? You know, hey, pandemic year, yeah, no OTAs. Here's a rookie quarterback. Okay, you know, I don't give a damn. Joe Burrow is in that Tua class to me of like. He's about as ready to go as far as a rookie quarterback and what it means to play in the NFL as you're ever going to see. You know, he was in a pro-style offense. He was running Sean Payton's West Coast-type offense last year. You know, not to that extent, that level and capacity and, you know, uh, creativity, but still it was that offense. So he's going to have a great understanding of NFL offenses again. And within that offense is going to be some carryover from the Sean McVay, uh, Zach Taylor type offense too. So he's going to understand some of the rules right away. Uh, and the fact that, again, he played in the SEC. He's been around NFL football players. Um, I, I just – I'm excited for Joe Burrow. Like like I said during the draft, Mike, I mean, he's the closest thing I think I've seen to Peyton Manning coming out in the draft, you know, since Peyton Manning, of course. And that's just the way – the aura and the way he handles himself off the field, the way he plays on the field – uh, he's just he's got it all, and it just seems like the tougher the game, the worse the situation is, whatever it is, he just rises to the challenge and, and plays better, and, and I'm with you, Mike. I'm excited. They got some young studs, 
and a guy like A.J. Green where you go, yeah, they might lose a lot of games, but they could be really fun to watch and put up a lot of points and yards. You know, and as we wait for more clarity, or as the case may be, any clarity on what's going to happen with college football season this year, think about this. If there hadn't been college football season last year, where would Joe Burrow have been drafted Whoa, this year? Right. Joe Burrow was on no one's list as a breakout star and a guy who was destined to be the number one overall pick in the draft. So it just shows you what the NFL loses. The NFL is rooting very hard for college football to happen because you want to have that last year of college football help you better crystallize what otherwise is a complete and total crapshoot. But yeah, if there had been no football last year, no Joe Burrow, there may be some other guy out there who's ready to become a star who will be the first overall pick in 2021 that we won't even know about Right? if they don't play college football this fall. So Burrow made the most out of that last year of college football, and now the Bengals hoping to make the most out of their latest effort at a franchise quarterback, really their first guy since. Hey, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, Andy Dalton was just kind of there. Was he a franchise quarterback? He got a decent contract. Yeah. He was with the team for, what, eight, nine seasons. Right. It just was never, it just never felt like it was clicking the way that it does for the teams that have a true franchise quarterback. Sure. And that's what every team right. needs to get to. You need to have that quarterback that you think is in the top 10 or close to the top 10 if you want to contend every That's year. right. And you're, you're exactly right. I don't think we ever had that warm and fuzzy feeling about Andy Dalton. I think we might have had years where we went, ooh, Andy Dalton looks good. Ooh, is Andy Dalton in the top half of football? You know, we might have, like, flirted with that. But you're right. They haven't had this type of guy since, you know, Carson Palmer and this kind of excitement. You know, so and then this is a guy that's, you know, coming off in a national championship and, you know, again, yeah, was on a talented team. But, man, did he have a lot of highlight reel type plays that we just showed there where there's nothing and he's scrambling around and running and making unbelievable plays off schedule. So that's where he's going to be fun because he is, I think, a guy that, as you always hear me say, Mike, he's going to capitalize on what the offense and what's there to be had but he can capitalize when there's nothing there to be had, as we had this conversation so many times with those top 10 guys. Qu offensive coordinator can't call the right play all the time. So every now and then, hey, that, that, the defense has got you know a pro coach and pro players on that side too. They win sometimes. You need a quarterback that in a handful of those plays is still going to make plays when the defense wins, and the defense is going to go, damn, we had them. How did they get a 20-yard gain? Well, I'll tell you why, because that damn quarterback's really good, and I think Joe Burrow – is one of those guys. Aaron Rodgers was watching the draft very intently on uh, the first night, as he was, as he explains uh, to Kyle Brandt in a podcast that officially debuts next month, but a piece of it was published yesterday. Aaron Rodgers talking about how he was watching the draft, thinking that the Packers were going to take a receiver. And also when they traded up, thinking that they were making the move to get a receiver, whether it was Justin Jefferson, he mentioned him, Brandon Ayuk is a guy that he thought the Packers liked. And when they took a quarterback instead, he said he went and he poured four fingers of sipping tequila and braced for the onslaught because he knew his phone was going to blow up from all the people who were making sure he was okay. Well, he's okay for now. Uh, he may not be in Green Bay a whole lot longer, though. He said, just look at the facts when asked about moving on in a couple of years. And, you know, Chris – there was a thought that this would be his last year, but it gets to something we were talking about as it relates to Russell Wilson earlier in the week when we were speculating on his future in Seattle. It's going to be harder now to move on from Aaron Rodgers in 2021, even if he wants to move on, because the salary cap is going to be lower. That salary cap hit from trading him is going to be yeah, it's going to hurt piece of the pie that is gone forever. But 
Uh, look, I think two years is now the the magic window for Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, and and I think the moment they traded up to get Jordan Love and squandered their chance to build on a team that got within a game of the Super Bowl last year, which I'm sure has made him upset deep down. I mean, he said nothing in that clip I saw yesterday. Yeah, he played it, it cool. Because it can. Well, but no, let me say, yeah. he said nothing that conflicted with the things that Brett Favre said after he spoke right. to Aaron Rodgers. Right. I, I, I believe he's upset. I believe that he sees this as we had a chance to get back to the Super Bowl. We had a chance to try to win a Super Bowl, and you've decided to take a step back. Uh, I, I, I just think that he's going to end up playing for somebody else, and it's going to be fascinating to see who it is and when it happens. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in, too. There's no doubt. Uh, yeah, I, I think the magic number is two years. You know, and first off, you know, again, we, we hit on this on the top of the show, but, you know, the draft looks worse now because Devin Funches has opted out. So now here we are back to the same group of guys. There's nothing to talk about in Green Bay in the offense. It's it's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's it's hand the ball off to Aaron Jones. And, and hopefully that's where that's all there is to it. You know, and that's just not fair. You know, other great quarterbacks got more than that. Look at Brady. Look at Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, all, all of them, you know, see, you know, Seattle. Russell Wilson, bet all of them, all the top five quarterbacks all have better talent than Aaron Rodgers, not even close, you know, and you can go down the list and it's even worse than that. So yeah, it's frustrating. And I think, you know, you, the, the point you made about the salary cap with Aaron Rodgers and all that, the dead money, you're right. That's going to be hard to swallow next year with where the number looks like it might be at added to the fact that, you know, I, this is like hands down one of the most raw this is the most raw quarterback in the first round and this is one of the more raw quarterbacks we've seen be drafted in the first round over the last few years this is a kid in Jordan Love who his good is great but there is a lot of middle ground there and a lot of ups and downs too when you really dive into his film and study him and he came from a you know elementary offense as well to where yeah, I don't even think it'd be realistic to think he could take over the reins for a 2021 season. I don't think he'll be anywhere near that. I think he is a guy that truly needed the OTAs, needed a full training camp of like real reps and things like that. And his reps are going to be hurt this year because of all these circumstances. So I think realistically it is two years and you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, you know, on fire. I hope he drank 1942 tequila. I hope he's drinking the good stuff. Well, I have a feeling he can afford it. Oh, you think Chris? he can? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, somebody somebody bought me a bottle of that. And see, the problem is, I don't know who it was that bought me a bottle of that, but uh, somebody bought me a bottle of it. Once you develop a taste for it, what happens is, you know, the first bottle's free, and then you realize how much it costs. Yeah. And the second bottle and the third bottle and the fourth bottle and the fifth bottle aren't free. So I would like to say thank you very much in a sarcastic way to the person yeah. who bought me the no, bottle yeah. of 1940. Hey, no problem. I give up. I give out good gifts, but you know, I mean that that's why that's why you know I didn't want to give you the big bottle. Remember, I gave you know some of the the really important people here at NBC. Yeah. I gave them the big bottle, and I gave you the hey. smaller one. I couldn't waste that kind of money on you. <laughs> you got to get your story straight because you've gone from. I, I intentionally bought you the small bottle, too. I, th I was supposed to get you the bigger bottle, so I, you're all over the place. I am all I the – I don't know what the hell the I did. about this and clear it up <laughs> once and for all. All right, Patrick Mahomes got some big money recently when he signed his second contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, his first significant purchase, a slice of the Kansas City Royals. They made a big deal about this yesterday, and like I don't know how much he owns, and I don't know how much he paid – 
But but what a what a nice little publicity stunt for right? the Royals, Chris. We're talking about the Royals. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about the Royals unless they had an outbreak. Well, nobody cares about the Royals. You sell a little piece of the franchise to Patrick Mahomes, and now people are going to talk about the Royals, just like when Aaron Rodgers bought a piece of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, exactly right. Or LeBron James buying a part of, what was that, Arsenal, I think, or one of those teams. It's just like... Yeah, some added hype, name, credibility to your organization. I don't think he's going to be calling the day-to-day shots. But you're right. We don't talk about the Royals. I mean, the Royals are one of those baseball teams that show up in baseball only like once every 20, 25 years. So, uh, yeah, maybe this gives him a little more street cred and you'll see him at games and it'll increase, you know, just the, the environment around the Royals. They have won a World Series, by the way, in one of the 10 years or so since the Yankees lost last won one. So uh, they're not completely around. Did they win it? They uh, were in the World Series. Did they, did they? In it. Did they win it? Oh, they won it in 15. They did. They did win they it did. in 15. Thank, uh, you. Thank you, Matt Casey. Matt I have Casey, no idea. the all Mets I know fan. Is, Thank you for that. All I know is the Cubs have won at some point in the past few years. That is what I am aware of. All right. Uh, when we return, we, we've... We've been accused of rooting against football because we dare to point out the facts and realities of the pandemic. We're going to have a draft of the reasons why we don't want football to be canceled this season. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Destined to take over all of the uh, iTunes charts and wherever else you can buy uh, uh, music, if that was music. Rob Gronkowski getting ready to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a lot going on in that video. He had a bottle of Camus. He had a puzzle in front of him that that, that, no attempt to begin to solve the puzzle. Uh, Cowboy hat, uh, no no shoes, and and, uh, Gronk just hanging out getting ready for the season. One of the intriguing storylines, Gronk on retiring after 2019 out of football. So, today's draft, the reasons why we don't want the football season to be canceled. And this is a, a, a gift. I was going to think of something a little more profane. To all those out there who think that the fact that we dare mention the tr- struggles and challenges of playing football in a pandemic means we don't want there to be football. We want to be football, and here are the biggest reasons why. After the trivia question, do we have a trivia question? I do. It's a music-related trivia question because of that great hit that we just heard from Ron, uh, Rob Gronkowski there. What did he say there? Now I play for the Bucks. Hopefully I don't suck. Is that what he said? Is that what the line there was? I just couldn't make a high-level, yes. high-level poetry. Hey, hey, Robert that's... Frost. Robert Frost is envious he's, from beyond. He's just trying to make sure he's in Terminator 4, like we've always been talking about. I'll be back. That's going to be his only line. Here we go. What was the first Kiss album released, Mike? You're a Kiss album, Kiss guy. We know that. Where the band members didn't wear makeup on the cover. What was the first Kiss album where they didn't wear their makeup on the cover? Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. See, Unmasked was the was – that, that was when oh, – boy. It was the album that would have had Lick It Up on it, I believe, but I can't remember the name of the album. I'll just say the album was Lick It Up. Was that the album? It was, unfortunately. It was. I it, got it right. Wow. You better yeah. get it. I mean, you're obsessed with it. I mean, you no, got but, all but, that but ugly the gear thing. of them. <laughs> By then, stop with that, please. 
By then, I had grown up. By then, I didn't care anymore. I just rediscovered them when they put the makeup back on. Once the, the music started to go downhill, they took the makeup off. I didn't care anymore. I didn't, I didn't like them in the 80s. Right. Uh, and some of those guys without makeup. I mean, there's a reason they wore the makeup. Let's be honest about that. So uh, anyway, uh, let's get to the draft. Thank you. I got, I, that was just a wild guess, and I got it right. Feel free I, in the I, control I, room to play that kiss clip of Mike with that number mascot one. anytime you want. Yeah, no, that's look, what I like. Without question. <laughs> that, hey, that's better than the Drew Pearson pushing off Nate Wright. <laughs> Number one, without question, hashtag Tommy in Tampa Bay. I want to see what Tom Brady can do with a different team after 20 years under Bill Belichick's thumb, and now it's all wide open, and Tom's taking over in a division that still has a great Saints team, and the Falcons should not be slept on, and who knows what the Panthers are going to be. And the NFC's got some pretty good teams in other divisions, like Brady's 49ers, who were his first choice for this season. I am fascinated to see what Tom Brady can do. What's he got left in the tank? What can the Buccaneers with that offense do, what those receivers do with Tom Brady on the field? That's the number one reason why I want football to happen. I hear you. We need football. That's right. That's uh, we need it just from that. You're, I mean, that that's certainly, I don't know if that would have been my top pick if I got the first pick of the draft. Okay. But it certainly was in my discussion there because you know, as as much well, as because you hate Tom Brady. Well, no, I don't hate Tom Brady. I like the Bucks and everything. And you know what's the other thing that's like this? And of course, we want football. I mean, yeah, I want to see Tom Brady and the Bucks and Gronk and everything that goes along with it. But then Bruce Arians, I want to see him coaching on the sidelines with a face mask and a face shield, like he said he is too. That'll be kind of you know funny to see. I don't mean to like make light of that, but come on, it's Bruce Arians and he's a cool guy, and I just think that would be funny to see him all you know uh, covered up there. All right, I, 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 I unleash Mahomes. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. It's the greatest player in our league. That's where I'm excited. I mean, that's where I don't want football. I think we're about to see something like special happen. You know, I, I, I'm one of those guys that think, oh, we've already seen it. It doesn't matter. Twice. There's more special coming, baby. Don't you worry. This is just starting. He can, he's one upped every year so far. Oh, your MVP, great. Oh, and this one Super Bowl MVP. Screw last year. Who knows what the hell this guy can do? He is taking the league by storm so quickly. It's unbelievable. And he has been one of the three, four best players in the league since the get go. And now I'm just, you know, Mike, you've heard me say this. I'm one of those guys that think like the pressure's off. I think this is a team that's just going to be like, you know, just going to be like, whoa, we, we did it. We've already got over the hump. We believe in ourselves and we got Patrick freaking Mahomes. And I just think it's going to be like a lot of fun to watch and they're going to do a lot of explosive things on offense. See, I thought you were going to go in the direction that I considered going with my first pick. So basically, I got the first two picks in the draft because we've talked about this. It was Carson Wentz in 2017, Patrick Mahomes in 2018, Lamar Jackson in 2019, a second-year quarterback every year that takes the league by storm. Kyler Murray unleashed, to me, is more fascinating than Patrick Mahomes unleashed because – We've seen it with Mahomes. We've been there. We've done that. We know what we're getting. Murray last year, quietly, because he played for a team that was just the also-ran in the NFC West, he quietly had a great year. He is an amazing talent. He can throw. He can run. The ball explodes out of his hand. The ball explodes into the hands of the receiver. I can't wait to see what Kyler Murray does this year. That is almost as big of a reason 
as me wanting to see Tom Brady with the Bucks. I want to see Kyler Murray and the Cardinals explode, especially with DeAndre Hopkins on that team. Yeah, uh, I mean, good pick. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to push back too hard. I don't know if it would have been my second pick either. Um, but either way, I mean, he is definitely one of the reasons you want to tune into football this year. You know, yeah, smart money. I would say, yes, he's going to be the guy that jumps on the scene to where we go, okay, he was really good and we were promising as a rookie to, whoa, I think this guy might be one of the best players in football. I'm with you, Mike. I think that's what we're going to be saying when it comes to December if we have football and everything like that. But I don't – I'm going to steal a line from Deion Sanders here because I don't think it's better than, oh, Cam – Oh, Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. Woo, baby. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Bill Belichick with Cam Newton and just seeing what their offense can do. Yeah, he's got to replace Tom Brady, and we know he's going to be on edge because he's pissed off about the disrespect he got this offseason and everybody disrespecting him altogether. I mean, and – you know, I don't, you know, Brady had that, like, when he would get a first down or come out, you know, let's LFG. I think that New England fan base, they're going to be loving after about the third or fourth time Cam Newton runs up the middle and does his little Superman and points first down that they're going to rally around that in a hurry, too, uh, and like what he brings to the football team. So I cannot wait to see Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. I was a little more excited about that before yesterday when six guys on the Patriots checked out for the season. And look, again, we support and respect the decision to do it, but you get a cluster like that, all of a sudden it takes a little bit of the shine off of what the Patriots may have been able to do yeah. or may be able to do with Cam Newton at quarterback. Uh, he may have to play. He, you know, this is a team that's got a long history of having guys go both ways. Maybe Cam Newton's going to be no, playing safe. stop it. Stop I'm, it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think they learned their lesson about offensive players playing safety with Rob Gronkowski a couple of years ago in the You're Miami right. Miracle. So right. that's not going to happen. Next one for me, and look, the first two are positive. This one, this one isn't – it, you're going to say it's negative. I, I want to see what the 49ers do as the hunted. I want to see what they do back in the Valley of zero and zero. I have them at number two on the preseason power rankings. I have every reason to think they're going to be the juggernaut that they were last year, but the Seahawks have Jamal Adams. Now we've talked about Kyler Murray and what the Cardinals may be able to do. Uh, what? And the, and the Cardinals gave the 49ers everything they can handle twice last year. Yeah. What do the 49ers do when they reset to zero and zero, when they had to thread the needle five times over to end up with the number one seed last year, and it came down to the last drive, the last play of the last game before they nailed down the one seed, the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo after they thought about signing Tom Brady, just all those things that go into the stew, what happens with this 49ers team that we overlooked last year? Yeah. Now the, everyone is going to be gunning for them, Chris. How are they going to deal with it? I'm fascinated to see how that plays uh, out in the best division in football. I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, you know, you you got on, you know, Kyle a little bit a few weeks ago when he was like, I want to get back to the Super Bowl and get right back to that moment, you know, and, and listen – I think it's fair what you're saying. Yeah, we want to see how the 49ers react. They haven't been in this situation. Kyle Shanahan's never been in this situation. Like you said, Garoppolo, you know, as well. And we know their team is talented. We know that. So it is going to be a different dynamic. And, yeah, are they going to work as hard, be as hungry, be as crazy in pregame because they were so hungry like we saw when we were there in Minnesota? Uh, all real, real, real questions, no doubt about it. And, and I'm excited to see how they react. I'm betting, betting good, uh, as you know. I'm a little biased there. I want to see – I got you know, Sean Payton, Drew Brees. I think that's the last thing I want to go with, along with Taysom Hill. 
I think that plays part of the dynamic of what I want to see from my last pick. I mean, the Saints are, you know, an amazing team to me. You know, so resilient with what they've dealt with the last few years. I still think they're going to be one of the better teams in all of football. They're battle-tested. Man, have they had some tough, bullcrap-type losses. We know, uh, certainly, and, and luck has not favored them. But Drew Brees' last year, you know, a team that's got an edge, a team that probably feels like, damn, everybody's talking about Tampa, and they didn't even do anything last year. So between that and then how are they going to infuse Taysom Hill? I mean, he's a backup quarterback slash weapon who's making – you know, pretty good money this year. I can't remember what it was this year off the top of my head, right? What was the what number is he making, Mike? It's like, like a two-year, $20 million contract. Right. So, so I, I, it's, yeah, but he's in the way, eight figures. I want to see how that's going to work out and what they're going to do. And I would think Taysom Hill has even a more of a role of maybe playing the quarterback position this year too, which is fascinating to me. So the Saints are, are one that I'm certainly excited to see and hoping for 2020 football, hoping. And they've got Jameis Winston on top of everything else right, to make right. it even more fascinating. But, yeah, we want there to be 16 games. We are raising the issues and posing the questions aimed at ensuring that the NFL is successful this year. And I know that there are people smarter than us whose jobs are specifically to come up with these things. And I'll be talking to Dr. Alan Sills later today for PFTPM about these issues. What are the things the NFL is concerned about? What is being done to get to 16? How confident is he that we're going to have 16 games played per team? We're going to get answers to these questions. We want 16 games. We want the full postseason. We want it all. Uh, but we also want to be realistic about a virus that way too many of us have ignored over the past several months. Can't ignore Rodney Harrison. He's going to join us for a couple of segments coming up. There we go on the way out the door. Uh, more PFT Live coming right after this. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Wednesday edition Pro Football Talk Live, and look who it is. We had so much fun with Rodney last week. We assume he had fun with us. He's back for another Wednesday visit. I just have one request, Rodney. We've done some of these 
conference videos where we talk about our planning for Football Night in America this season. Every time we do it, we get a nice tour of your house. You walk around, and there's gold, and there's columns, and there's all of this stuff. We get this white wall when you're on with us on on uh, on Wednesdays. I, I want to see Rodney's house. I want the world to see Rodney's right, house. Right. Me too. I'm with you. Dude, I'm just living. Why you why you on me, Mike? <laughs> Mike, well, no, Mike, you know why he can't do it though? He can't he's gotta go. I don't even know where the hell he is right now, but he he when we do those Zoom calls and everything like that, he can never get a good internet service because there's so many, you know, gold this, <laughs> gold that, huge <laughs> chimneys, all this woodwork that his internet doesn't work. So he's gotta go to some obscure room, obviously. He's rich. Talk he's right face. next <laughs> He's right next to the router. He's right next to where the internet comes in. He's right there. Two guys talking and have 20 acres and got like 10,000 square feet, and you're talking on. (laughs) I've got no further comments on this subject whatsoever. (laughs) All right. Uh, Rodney, there's a lot to get to, and you and I had the conversation on PFTPM several weeks ago about the realities of the pandemic and the concerns that it will create for players who find themselves in a locker room, on a practice field, in a game. And you hit the nail on the head, and we've seen – 25 or more players just this week decide they're not going to play at all this year, including six members of the Patriots. How surprised were you by the developments? I'm not really surprised. And and this is, I think this is really bad news for the national football league. And I applaud these young men leaving 8 million, leaving millions of dollars on the table and understanding perspective, understanding what's important family, making sure that they don't, you know, do anything to bring something home to their kids. I mean, you look at Marcus Cannon from the Patriots. He's a cancer survivor, high tolerant vitality. Both have newborn babies. You look at Patrick Chung, he has a baby on the way. So it's a lot of these dudes um, looking at their family situations and saying, look, I love football. I've made a lot of money. I'm financially stable. I'm going to step away from the game a year and and see what happens. Uh, Rodney. Uh, so, all right, let's just, I want you, I want to hear your, uh, you know, your thought here. Cause I'm a guy that's like, you know, I would play if, if I didn't have some huge health issue, you know, you're right. If my wife had a child or something like that, I don't know, maybe I would think about it certainly then, but I want to know you, Rodney Harrison, who I know loves football, like obsessed, psycho, New England Patriots, do your job. Would you play football in the 2020 season as it sits right now? Absolutely not. No, because as, as much as I love football, I love my family a hundred times more. And, you know, you look at a lot of these players, if they're financially okay, they don't mind sitting out. They don't mind because you think about a guy like Hightower, he's had some injuries. This year gives him the opportunity to sit out, rest his body, rest his mental, and figure out what he wants to do for the rest of his career. And here's the question, though, Rodney, and Chris and I were talking about this earlier. We know how football goes. If you're not there, you're out of sight, you're out of mind, the next man up gets a chance to impress Bill Belichick. Come next year when Dante Hightower shows up with an $8 million salary, if the guy who takes his place dollar for dollar is better, and we've seen Belichick be ruthless in that regard, he'll go with the younger guy, he'll go with the cheaper guy. Do you run the risk of coming back to a a job that's been taken next year? Mike, they're going to bring in talent every single year. They're always bringing in newer, younger guys, fresher guys to try to steal your position, to try to get somebody cheaper. At the end of the day, 
Hightower's not worried about that. If he can leave $8 million on the table, then I, I think he has a lot of money in the bank. And even more so than that, it's about your health. The most important thing is about your health. You can play another year of football. He could become a free agent, get released by the Patriots, and go sign with the Miami Dolphins for a $10 million signing bonus. I don't worry about the money for Hightower. But I just applaud these young men for stepping up. And I do believe that during the course of training camp and during the course of the season, you're going to see more guys get infected and you're going to see more guys willing to walk away. So what does this mean for their defense in New England? I mean, you, you know, listen, I worked there and I played against, you know, you guys. You were hurt once. It's, it's one of the more complicated defenses in football, right? I mean, there's a lot of communication. I hear Belichick talk all the time like nobody knows the defense better than, you know, Hightower and, and Patrick Chung. You know, do, will this handicap them a little bit about maybe the amount of defense or things they'll do on the field, Rodney? Well, I mean, I, I think they're going to continue to do what they do. But when you don't have Hightower, when you don't have Patrick Chung, two guys that are definitely talk about communication, I think that's the strength of that their defense. And what they do is communicate. They do so many things. And you look at Hightower. Hightower is really an underrated guy. Um, yeah, he doesn't have great speed from sideline to sideline, but he's very instinctual. Um, this guy makes a lot of big plays in the biggest moments of the game. He can blitz. He can rush off the edge. He, you know, he can drop in, in coverage. And you look at Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung has been one of the most versatile, one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. What he meant for the Patriots over all these years, what he's been able to do. I tell you this, Chris, without Patrick Chung, the Patriots would have been hard-pressed to win those Super Bowls that he was involved in. And, you know, Rodney, here's the reality. I mean, the Patriots have been hit harder than anyone with the opt-outs so far, but it seems to me there's no coach in the NFL better suited to roll with the punches, next man up, no excuses, no woe is us. We're going to plug these holes. We're going to coach these guys up. We're going to get them ready to go. Do you expect, when it's all said and done, a dramatic drop-off, given that it's Bill Belichick, finding replacements, getting those guys in the best position possible. They still got Cam Newton. They still got other great players, and they still have Bill Belichick. Do you think the Patriots ultimately are going to be affected by this in a negative way? Um, I, I think it's going to get, take time for their defense to get back to what it was um, last year because you're going to incorporate some new guys. You've lost some guys. Um, but I still think this is going to be a really good defense. They have cohesion in the secondary. They have excellent coaching. And I think Belichick's going to keep it relatively simple until guys are able to pick up the system. Some of the new young guys, linebackers, um, the young safety that came through. Um, I think he's going to keep it simple and allow those guys to play free and play fast. But the most important thing is making sure that communication is on point and that you continue to develop depth at all those d defensive positions. All right. So that's enough New England talk. Now, the big news of the night and this morning, of course, is Joey Bosa out yeah. there with the Chargers. You know, just your thoughts on that that contract when you first saw it and are you do you think Joey Bosa is deserving of that and and are you surprised by it? I'm not surprised by it, Chris. I think he deserves it. Um what was it? 40 sacks in 4 40 years. years, right? Years, yeah. Something like that. But even more important than that, they're experimenting at the quarterback position. They no longer have to pay a guy $25 plus million dollars a year. So this is the time you want to pay Joey Bosa. Yeah. And yet these are extreme and they're out of the – but guess what? In a couple years, Derwin James, he's going to want to be the highest paid safety in the National Football League. So if there's a time to pay Joey Bosa, it's right now when you're experimenting at quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, you raise a great point, Rodney. You've got Justin Herbert under a rookie contract. He's three years minimum away from a second deal. But $27 million a year, I was blown away by the amount of money to leapfrog Miles Garrett by $2 million, to leave Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack in the dust. Joey Bosa is one of the better defensive players in the NFL, but nobody's going to say he's the best to get that kind of money at a time when the house is burning. There's not going to be any fans. How much money are they going to lose? The salary cap is going to be done next, uh, down next year. That's what stunned me, making that kind of investment in this environment. But also think about it. I mean, we know this is a passing league and you have, I mean, if, if the charges don't pay him, he sits out and eventually somebody else will pay him. So you have an opportunity. Yes, you have to pay overpay for Joey Bosa, but I'm, I'm thinking the way the contract is set up, you know, I mean, he's going to get probably what, three years of guaranteed money and then see what happens after that. But Joey Bosa, his, his performance will not drop off. He's going to be a great player. And you know, it's a, it's a lot of money, 27 million a year, but um, you're not paying that quarterback all that big money. Let me do with you what I did with Chris earlier yeah. in the show when yeah, we were talking about the Bosa contract. You tell me which guy you want of the two, Joey Bosa or Miles Garrett? Um, purely football? Yes. That's, to me, that's a, that's a toss-up. Both of those guys are outstanding. I, I, I think I, uh, I'll take one of those guys. All right, Joey Bosa or Aaron Donald? Oh, I'm taking Aaron Donald before I'm taking anybody. I'm taking Aaron Donald before I'm taking Belichick. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack? Um, Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa. Yeah. That, that's what makes the contract even more impressive. I mean, even though Joey Bosa's got great potential and he's averaging nearly .8 sacks per game – he doesn't have that top shelf, he's the guy, best defensive player cachet that some of these other guys have, which makes the contract even more impressive. But you're right, Rodney. He's in the AFC West. He's got to chase around Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to have a chance if they can't slow down some of these offenses. Yeah, and, and you, you talk about I, – I think Joey is a really good player. And, you know, I went through it when I played for the Chargers. We, we didn't win a lot, so we didn't get a lot of national um, appearances – you don't get sports writers really writing about you and talking about you because your team is bad every single year. So I also believe that, you know, because he plays on the West Coast and a lot of people don't really pay attention to the Los Angeles Chargers, I think um, he's, he gets affected by that as well. You think, I mean, it stops there though, right? I just want to make sure we know that's the line of demarcation as far as the guys we talked about. So, you know, I think in, in the logic of the modern day NFL, where it's always like, Hey, if you're talked about in the top position of your group, you know, the next guy up always gets to sign more. And I just want to, you know, I'm just trying to get pick. I mean, you know, you think he's better than Demarcus Lawrence, certainly. Right. Or no, or no, you taking Bosa or Lawrence. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, to me, at the end of the day, you just hit the point. It doesn't yeah, matter got you. if the team paid somebody. If you're the next guy up, you're going to get paid more money. That's just, the, that's just the logic of it. And I agree with that completely. The thing that stuns me is at a time when the NFL is still trying to get its arms around this pandemic, the Chargers dig deep. And Rodney, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Joey Bosa held out as a rookie. He drew the line in the sand. He made it clear he's not a guy to be messed with. So the Chargers decided we're not going to play this game. Let's pay this guy and let's move on. We're going to move on and talk about safeties. When we return, Rodney's thoughts on our draft from earlier in the week. 
of the top safety duos in the NFL. And Rodney's thoughts on the Jamal Adams trade from the Jets to the Seahawks. More PFT Live right after this. Jamal Adams wanted out of New York, and he got his wish, the mega trade to the Seahawks. Two first-round picks, a third-round pick, safety Bradley McDougald for Jamal Adams, and a fourth-round pick in 2022. Rodney Harrison, your thoughts on the decision to send arguably the best safety in the NFL to Seattle for all of that compensation? I didn't like it, Mike. Um, I look at the Jets. They draft six crawl as a foundation player, as a leader on that defense, and you know, he becomes a Pro Bowl player, All-Pro player. He exceeded expectations. He becomes the best safety in the National Football League, but yet the Jets don't want to pay him. And I'm, Jamal is a very passionate guy. He's very, he's so much, he's very similar to me. And he wears all his emotions on his sleeves. And yes, he could have handled the situation a lot better, understand that this is business. And he talked himself out of, of New York. But I mean, he, I think he's a tremendous player and the Jets, I think they made a mistake. He's a Hall of Fame talent. You don't let guys like that walk out the door. And just my last point I want to make on this. You go pay a guy like C.J. Mosley from the Baltimore Ravens that you didn't draft. He wasn't in your system, but you pay him $40, $50 million. You go out and get Le'Veon Bell. And Jamal Adams is your best player on your team. You got a quarterback plan off a rookie deal, but yet you don't want to make him the highest paid safety in the National Football League. The Jets blew it. I just think they made a huge mistake here. Well, I, I listen, I, I agree with everything you said about the player. I mean, you're right. He's a Hall of Fame talent. To me, he is the best safety in football. I mean, I think you you, you probably argued during when James is in that combo too, I think. But, yeah. but, but, but so – but what were the Jets supposed to do? I mean, don't you think they kind of had to make a trade happen with the way Jamal was talking and things like that? I mean, I understand. Chris, the, but what? Chris, the way, he, the way he was talking is because he's upset. When you give everything to an organization, when you give everything to a team, the fan base, you expect to be rewarded. Yeah. You're putting your life on the line. You see what that guy brings every single day, the intensity. It didn't matter what the record was. It didn't matter what situation the Jets were in. He always came to play. He was always a productive player. And, yeah, I would get pissed off, too, if I have to sit on a, a garbage team and they don't even want to pay me when I'm out there. I'm a top five or six defensive player. I'm the best safety in the National Football League, but yet you don't want to pay me. I think it's crazy. And I also think it sends a message to everybody else across the league why would I want to come and play for the Jets if they can't even play Jamal pay Jamal Adams who's the best safety in the National Football League I think it's I think it's terrible yeah well I, I hear but, that but, but yeah go hey, on. hang on yeah uh, Rodney there's a difference though right I don't remember young Rodney Harrison going and this is before Jamal Adams got upset with Adam Gase and got upset with his contract back in 2018 his second season Todd Bowles, the coach of the team at the time, was constantly having to clean up messes made by Jamal Adams. He would call out teammates. He said on radio in 2018, everybody was used to losing. He was talking about the Jets. You could always tell that vibe. I came in. It was like everybody wanted to do the bare minimum. They didn't want to go above and beyond. They didn't want to take the extra step. I don't remember young Rodney Harrison calling teammates out like that publicly. That was the first sign that this thing was destined for trouble between Adams and the Jets. Well, it's 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 your you know some people maybe you look at it as calling the guys out, maybe he looks at it as holding them accountable, because I mean when you come in and you're getting there at five thirty six o'clock in the morning, you're lifting weights, you're doing everything right, you're productive, and you see other guys messing around, not as focused, and you expect your coaches to try to get those guys in order, and if those guys aren't in order, 
yeah, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, you can pull them to the side and you can talk to them, but sometimes you have to call people out. Sometimes you have to go up to a guy and say, hey, man, you know, you're not getting it done. We, we need you to be a lot better. But yeah, Jamal could have handled the situation a lot better. He could have been more um, uh, professional. He could have been more sincere. You know, he didn't have to do some of the things. And, and I'm sure he would tell you once he sits down that, yeah, he's made some mistakes and he, he feels bad about it. But ultimately, he got his wish. He did what he had to do to get up out of there. All right. So you got to just at least hit on what do you think it means to Seattle now that they got the best safety in football and this Hall of Fame type talent. What do you think it does to their defense and their team, Rodney? I think it's terrific. I mean, they lose a guy like Jadavian Clowney. And I think, you know, when you lose a guy like Jadavian Clowney, a guy that can get after the quarterback and he's been hurt and, you know, he's off and on, but you get that stabilizer in Jamal Adams, that guy that's going to team up with Quadre Diggs and be that physical presence and really bring that electricity every single week. You see the division that they're in with all those really good quarterbacks. So I think it's huge for Seattle. All right, we heard from Rodney via text message the other day when we were drafting the best safety duos in the NFL. We don't have a ton of time, but this is your chance to say why you think we're both idiots. Smith and Harris should be number two. McCordy and Chung should be number one because of the three Super Bowl rings. Matthew and Thornhill should not even be on there because Juan Thornhill has not had enough body of work. Um, Quadre Diggs and Jamal Adams should be up in there. Fitzpatrick and Edmonds, no. Um, Jaquiski, Tart, and Ward, they should be honorable mention. But I'm going to tell you, Jordan Poyer. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh, here we go. This Now, Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung, Super Bowl rings, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris. Um, you know, Harrison Smith, very consistent. Anthony Harris led the league in picks. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, really, really good, consistent safeties. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, two ballers. Yeah. Jamal Audrey Diggs. All right, just to be clear, I mentioned them as honorable mentions, just so you know, just so you're not mad at me and everything like that. I, I messed up, and I should have took Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, though. I definitely messed that up. Rodney, apart from the fact that the people in Buffalo already hate you because of what you did as a member of the Patriots to the Bills, they're going to love you because you put Poyer and Hyde in there because they've been all over Chris and me over the past couple of days because neither of us made them one of the top three picks. So you're you're – you're salvaging a relationship with the Bills Mafia right now. Well, I don't care about that, but I know two things. I, know. <laughs> I never thought <laughs> I know you two would. Things. I know two things. <laughs> you and Chris are both idiots for, and leaving them guys off the list. I, I, I am. You're right. I, I shouldn't put them. I, you know, I don't know what it was. I, I got, you know what? I just became a, a prisoner of the moment with the 49ers in my head and the Super Bowl. And I went Ward and Jaquaski Tart. Now, listen, I like your McCourty Chung thing. I know what you're saying, but I don't agree with you as the number one safety duo in football. Where three Super Bowl rings says the guy that has yeah. 12, in his, 12 um, yeah. touchdowns and 18 interceptions in his career. I know, but this and is this Ch year. Oh, wait, wait. And, and guys, <laughs> Chung's not playing this year. He's opted out. So it's kind of irrelevant at this point. Rodney, great as always. <laughs> You're the man, Rodney. Great as always, Rodney. We'll talk to you again soon. We'll be back to wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Rodney Harrison had some strong thoughts on guys opting out. He thinks more will. There's at least another week to go, Chris. We've been stunned by the number so far, more than 25. And you and I have both, both heard this talk. We don't know who else is going to go, but there are – Coaches and there are front office executives bracing for more, and there's that chatter making the rounds. We're going to peel the curtain back and give you a little glimpse into the sausage-making process. There's a concern making the rounds yeah. that there's a group that is getting ready to drop their decision 
collectively, which would be earth shattering if it happened. Yeah, no, I, you know, we, you and I were texting yesterday. We're hearing the same thing, and it just, it's about who it is, how many guys. But there seems to be that rumor around the NFL that everybody's bracing for. Whoa, there could be a huge chunk that all drops out together. So we'll see. We, we, and we don't know that's going to happen, but we know that people around the league are thinking about it and bracing for it. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.